love those songs. It reminded me of singing around the piano with my family. <laughs> That's why I learned all the old hymns. It's so good. Um, I love my kids at preschool, too. Um, I usually work with the younger ones. We have three to five, six-year-olds in our class, and um, I'm often with the three-year-olds while my, my co-teachers, Nyadi and, and Manju, give lessons to the older kids in the morning. So a few weeks ago, weeks ago I was sitting at a table with one of my favorites, Jude, who was working on transferring water from one bowl to another bowl using a baster. He has a really hard time focusing. Um, and he usually talks to you kind of sideways. I, he's focused this way, but he's talking to you. Um, so it's not surprising that the water was squirted at me. While it was unintentional, Jude still needed to get a paper towel and clean up his spill. If an older student had intentionally taken the baster and squirted the water at one of the other students for fun, he would have been banned from the waterworks for a week. As moms, we often must discern um, if an action it was willful defiance or an accident. Sometimes it is tempting to punish an accidental spill that happens over and over and over again. And sometimes it's neither an accident nor a defiant act. It's simply a joyous experiment in how milk and cereal obey the laws of gravity. In our passage today, the spill or action results in death. Cities of refuge were established so the intent of the, the criminal act can be investigated and judged as manslaughter or murder. This passage follows God's provision for a king who follows the law, as well as priests and prophets who lead people in worship and speak God's word to the people. As we learned last week, there is no need to seek pagan ways of divination. God's people have been given God's covenant law and a promise of godly leadership. And now we, we see the expansion of the sixth commandment, thou shalt not kill. As one commentator put it, the attention shifts from authority figures as agents of righteousness to righteousness in everyday life. God was establishing a righteous people in the land he was giving them. If they followed God's law, they would not only be blessed, but they would also be a blessing to the nations around them. As God provided the land, he also provided a way 
for it to be protected from unrighteousness by establishing cities of refuge in the land. We have seen from Deuteronomy 4, if you remember way, way back, that uh, Moses had already established three cities of refuge east of the Jordan. Now, as they are about to cross the Jordan and enter the land God has given them, they are to establish three more cities west of the Jordan, and that's in Deuteronomy 19.2. And an addition of three more if God enlarges their territory in Deuteronomy 19.8. These cities are intended to serve the cause of righteousness in the land. So the theme for tonight's lesson is because of God's great love, believers show their love for God by walking in his just ways of protecting the vulnerable and purging evil. And the key verse was Deuteronomy 19.9. And I just pulled a segment of it. Um, Observe all this commandment which I command you today to love the Lord your God and to walk in his ways always. In Deuteronomy 19.1, we see that God gives them the land that they are about to enter. Next week, um, Sue will teach us about how God will go before them in battle and they will have the land as a gift from God, not because of their strength, um, but because of um, God going before them in battle. If we have trusted in Christ, we are given the gift of salvation, not because of the great works that we did. In Titus 3, 5, um, we read, He saved us not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit. And then again in, in Psalms 46, 1, it says that God is our refuge, as we sang in those two songs, um, and strength and a very present help in trouble. So the first point is, because Christ is our refuge, we give refuge to the vulnerable. And this is from the sections, uh, the section um, of verses 1 to 10 in Deuteronomy 19. In Deuteronomy 19.2, three cities are set aside in the midst of your land. So this is on the other side of the Jordan. Um, and they will need to divide up that land, not only into tribal areas, but also into three regions for the three cities. Um, one commentator said that these three cities are really an extension of the altar because um, if you remember that it was the altar that they could go to um, when, when um, they were either um, charged unjustly or um, they needed refuge, it was the altar that they could go to and then find judgment from the priest and the judges. 
As they entered the land, the tabernacle or temple would not be easily accessible to everyone. So the provision was made to decentralize the place of refuge. These cities would ultimately be set aside as Levitical cities that we talked about last week. Um, And the life of the high priest was closely tied to these cities of refuge. A person fleeing to a city of refuge um, in, in, in other passages in Exodus, um, it talks about the fact that, um, that they had to stay inside the city for safety until the high priest died. <clears throat> These cities were to be accessible. The land was to be divided into three regions. This would avoid the law being judged as a matter of tribal justice or revenge. Um, So it was regions and not tribal areas. The purpose of the distribution um, would be to provide places of refuge within easy access of all the areas of Israel's future land. For the vulnerable seeking refuge, there needed to be a refuge within their reach. If the way was too long, the avenger of blood may overtake him and take his life, and innocent blood will be shed. This passage, the vulnerable, is the manslayer who accidentally kills another man. He had no intent to kill, um, and he didn't hate the person that he killed. The Avenger of Blood, it was interesting to find out that the Avenger of Blood um, is really the redeemer of blood, um, because when blood is shed, that blood needs to be um, accounted for. And so a, a near kinsman was responsible for Uh, maintaining the integrity of a family. One commentator pointed out six different areas that the the kinsman redeemer was responsible for. Um, If property was passing um, outside the clan, um, the, the kinsman redeemer could redeem that property. If a, someone in that tribe, that clan, was sold into slavery, the kinsman redeemer could redeem that person back. Um, if there was a death of a, a clan member, um, then they could seek compensation for uh, the, the family of the person that died. Um, if a person in the tribe was involved in a lawsuit, the kinsman redeemer could help that person. And one that we're familiar with in the book of Ruth, if a married relative dies without fathering a child, then the kinsman redeemer can marry the wife of, uh, marry the, the, yes, marry the wife of the, Um, relative and father a child for the deceased relative. 
when a member of the clan is murdered by someone outside the clan, the kinsman redeemer has a responsibility of being the one that um, punishes that person with death. So in, the, in, in our text, number six is the one um, that we see. In this, well, actually it's not the one that we see because um, that's murder, but, but um, that would be why the avenger blood would be pursuing. In the case of the killer, uh, in the case the killer is innocent, if the avenger blood killed him in a heat of his anger, he would be shedding innocent blood. The land of righteousness would be polluted with blood guiltiness, which um, is stated in Deuteronomy 19.10. So notice in Deuteronomy 19.9 that God um, giving them more land is contingent on God's people loving God and walking in his ways. We do not work for our faith, but our faith is a working faith. So when we follow God's ways, the result is blessing. Um, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, we're very familiar with. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not as a result of works, so that um, no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Loving God and walking in his ways um, often means walking counter to the world around us. The world around us admires strength and success. We, as God's redeemed people, are to reach out and help the vulnerable among us, the unloved, unwanted, the poor, the marginal, um, and um, in the case in China, those that are, um, are suffering disease, um, and support them in ways that strengthen them. This will take sacrifice on our part, but the result is walking in God's blessing. The camp I, I sent my boys to is called Summer Games Camp. Um, and it taught this principle in a multi-age setting. They learned quickly that Summer Games was a safe place where the strong looked out for the weak. James 1.27 says, Pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. So then we get to point two, which is because God is our refuge, we defend the vulnerable from being exploited. And that's 11, uh, Deuteronomy 19, 11 through 21. Um, in Deuteronomy 19, 11, we see that we have shifted from unintentional killing 
to murdering out of hatred, and then trying to escape punishment by fleeing to the city of refuge. In this case, the family of the one killed is the vulnerable one. The murderer is trying to exploit the system of cities of refuge. Moses demands that the elders of the criminals' communities send men to fetch the murderer to the city of refuge, uh, from the city of refuge um, he fled to and hand him over to the avenger of blood for execution. The death penalty is grounded not in disrespect of life, but in an intense respect for the life of the innocent victim made in the image of God. By protecting innocent man, um, manslayers and executing murderers, their own interest will be served. In Deuteronomy 19.13, we see this. It says that it may go well with you. Israel's well-being depends on a rigorous defense of innocent blood. Deuteronomy 19.14 seems oddly placed. Um, in this section, um, that's expanding on the sixth commandment. Um, because this seems to have more to do with theft. But the plot of land um, were, the plots of land were marked by boundaries for the tribal lands, and the land was a gift from God. Um, a marker, oops, no removal of a marker was permitted. Um, Israel's, Israelite law viewed God as the owner. The allotments to the tribe and the families were unchangeable. Uh, in Proverbs 22, 28, we read, Do not move the ancient boundaries which your fathers have set. And then again in Proverbs 23, 10, it says, Do not move um, ancient boundaries or go to the fields of the fatherless. These were explo uh, exploitative crimes that the rich committed against the poor. Um, if the rich were changing the markers to steal land from the poor, as King Ahab did with Naboth's uh, vineyard in 1 Kings 21, 1 to 26, then the poor would become vulnerable to the powerful and the rich. Another thing um, that we discussed in training was the possibility that these markers were markers for the cities of refuge, making it more difficult for the innocent manslayer to reach the city of refuge, and that would connect it with the rest of the passage. But um, it's, it's unclear if that's the case. In Deuteronomy 19, 15 through 21, um, we see the law regarding the witnesses in a criminal case. And we've seen some of this before in chapter 17. No judgment for a crime could be given on the grounds of just one witness. If there is a case that has only one witness, 
a malicious witness in Deuteronomy 19.16, that witness and the accused will stand before the Lord, before the priest and the judges, and the judges will investigate thoroughly. We see that in Deuteronomy 19.18. If the witness was false, then his punishment will be what he intended to do to his brother, like Haman's, um, like Haman from the story of Esther that we just had in children's Sunday school, who was hanged on the gallows or stake um, that he intended for Mordecai, or the officers um, that were thrown into the lion's den after Daniel emerged unharmed. Of course, these are two cases that took place in Persia, but they give you an idea of um, a punishment that's given to the one that's, that's um, given a false witness. In Deuteronomy 19.13 and 19, we see the purpose of punishing crime is to purge evil. You see that twice. The punishment needs to fit the crime. And the results of doing it God's way is that the rest will fear God. That is, trust him. And that's in Deuteronomy 19.20. The rest will fear God. Um, at the end of our passage, we have the idiomatic expression, Life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. This is not literal, but an idiomatic expression for proportional justice. That is, the um, punishment needs to fit the crime. In Deuteronomy 25.3, we see that the flogging was limited to 40 strokes, so they're not cutting off someone's hand. But this is an idiomatic expression on proportional justice. As uh, Tevye said in The Fiddler on the Roof, uh, when he's talking to the villager, and the villager says, well, an eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth, and Tevye says, very good. That way the whole world will be blind and toothless. God's people will be ruled by principles of righteousness, Jesus calls us to an even higher standard than here in Deuteronomy. Um, a higher standard of righteousness. In Matthew 5, 38 through 39, it says, You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evil person. But whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other to him also. So we have seen in our lesson that the innocent gets protected because he didn't hate. As I go into my conclusion, I just want to tell you I got a lot of it from training, and you all would love training. <laughs> But Jesus, our righteousness, made himself vulnerable and willingly came outside the gate of the refuge. He came outside the gate 
to receive the punishment that we deserved as haters and enemies of God. Jesus put himself into the avenger's hand so that we could find undeserved refuge inside the gate. Since we have been brought to refuge in Christ, our responsibility, uh, our response to his great love is to love those around us, especially those vulnerable. A church community committed to righteousness is characterized by generosity, compassion, and commitment to others' well-being rather than selfishness and greed.